This is Jamie Finn from Foster the Family, and this is The Real Mom Podcast. Welcome to the very first episode of The Real Mom Podcast. I hope that this becomes your very favorite new podcast. And you know what? I fully expect that it will. Not because of me, not because of anything special that I have to say, but because this podcast is inspired by my friends, by the foster and adoptive moms in my life, the people that I learn from, the people that when I talk to them, I feel encouraged, I feel inspired, I feel challenged, I feel informed, and that's what I want to listen to. And that's what I hope to bring to you through this podcast. So I hope you love this first episode. Today, I am talking with Emily Attaway. Emily is an adoptive mother of three children. She's a foster mom, and I really only know Emily through Instagram, (laughs) but (laughs) I love her perspective so much that I wanted you to hear from her. It is a joy to follow her family because she fosters and... um, lives life as an adoptive mom, just with love for Jesus, with love for children and compassion. And so I love her perspective. So hello, Emily. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm great. Thanks. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're willing to talk to me. I appreciate it. Of course. So tell us about, let's start with your three children, your three forevers. Okay. So we adopted a sibling set of three out of foster care. They came to live with us in August of 2014 and 14 months later in October of 2015, we were able to adopt all three of them together. When they came to live with us, they were five, three and 16 months Okay. and they're girl, girl, boy. Um, and they are currently, Oh my word. The oldest is about to be nine this summer. So they're okay. currently eight, almost seven and almost five. So 14 months. Does that mean that when they came to you, they were legally free? Did they join your family? as No. Okay. No. And so when we signed up for it, um, we wanted to specifically adopt siblings out of foster care. Okay. Um, and I even told our social worker, I said, do not bring me children who are going to go home. Like, that's not <laughs> what I'm signing up for. Um, but then when we got the call about these three, they said, um, you know, they're a foster placement, but they had already been in the system a really long they time. Okay. So their case was winding down when we got them. Okay. And so there was some tense months there where we weren't sure which way it was going to go. Yeah. Um, but that time was very short. Um, it just took a long time to legally finalize their adoption. I mean, they ended up spending two and a half years in the system wow. before okay. we were able to adopt them. Um, so they were technically a foster placement that we always hoped to adopt. Um, And now I kind of think that maybe it took 14 months because that entire time, my heart, I had to go to like foster care meetings with our agency. We had lots of licensing. I got to know other foster parents and I feel like it really took me from, I could never foster Mm. to, well, maybe that is something our family Uh should do. So by the time we adopted them and our agency said, you know, do you want to do an exit interview to close your license? We about it. We're like, I guess not. Wow. Yeah. So it did, it took, it was a long, um, it's not as long as what obviously a lot of people deal with the court case wise, but um, it was, yeah, they were in well, care for a long time. Well, especially going into it uh, really 
with the purpose of adoption, 14 yes. months of that limbo is a long time. Yes. Often when you take a foster to adopt placement or an adoptive placement, you're looking mm-hmm. six months, nine That's months. That's what we thought, six so, months, right? Yeah. And so actually when we finally adopted them, a lot of people at church were like, oh, it wasn't permanent yet? Oh, wow. And we're like, no. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, because they came to live with us in August, and they didn't have any more visits after October. Oh, they did. But then we didn't adopt them until a year later. So they had been 12 months without visits by the time we finally made it official. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. A lot, uh, certainly practically on the day-to-day, a lot changes at termination, doesn't it? Even more than- It does. That's when you feel like, wow, I don't have workers in my home every day. I don't have to explain every little- dot on their body and we're not dealing with the trauma after a visit and kids crying, wetting the bed and all that kind of stuff. Yes. That made it so much easier. Um, it made it, some of the things were kind of complicated, like with school and stuff, because their last name was okay, right? their original last name, but right. I mean, they gave us paperwork saying like, well, you can call them Attaway, but the school refused to use it. So it was <laughs> like, there was multiple like awkward things. Yeah. One issue where our middle one, she um, got like perfect attendance at a ceremony. And even though I had told the office not to use Aww. her old last name, they announced her with the old last name anyways. Oh, And I was that like, must have been no. hard for her. And it, like the name itself was kind of traumatic for them. Mm. And in their minds, you know, is linked to hard things happening. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah. But we made it through and yeah. Yeah. So were they your first placement? They were. Okay. Yes. So they came to live with us 10 days after we got our foster license. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 10 days. They really threw you in the deep end. (laughs) They did. So yeah, I've always told people, I'm like, I have no idea what it's like to add one kid. I've never added one kid to our family. I went from zero to three, three to five with fosters and now five back to three. Well, and the other thing you've never, and this is what I want you to speak to a little bit. Okay. I, I just... Uh, was talking to a friend the other day who has never had biological children and mm-hmm. just brought in two children, actually not siblings. So she's dealing Whoa. with two caseworkers, two cases, all that. And I was she's thinking, a brave woman. Well, yeah. So not only are you dealing with being a foster parent for the mm-hmm. very first time and all of the different uh, things you have to get used to, all the appointments and the politics of it all. Yes. She's dealing with the first couple of weeks of a new placement, which is always hard, even if you're a yes. vet, but yes. then I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that she's dealing with motherhood for the first yes. time. Parenting. Parenting. And not all. just an infant. I mean, you were yes. bringing children into your home who not only were they older children, but they'd experienced trauma. They'd experienced right. time in foster care. They, I, it's hard yes. for me to wrap my mind around what you experienced as a brand new foster parent, as a brand mm-hmm. new parent. Yeah. So can you just speak to all sure. of that? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy. We like to say, you know, we, um, we skipped me to man defense and went straight to zone. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we had very little time to prepare for our three. They called us on a Tuesday and dropped them off on a Thursday afternoon. Wow. Um, and so... It was like one Sunday at church, our Sunday school class, if you know, you've got your license, any news of a placement? We said no. And then the next Sunday we showed up with a minivan and three Oh children. my gosh. So it was just, it was that fast. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like I really had like the new placement adrenaline going okay, for right. the, at, at first it lasted about two months and then I felt like I'd hit a wall. Mm. Um, and I did that. So they came to live with us on a Thursday and that Saturday was the baby shower for one of my close friends. And so the girls at that time were five and three. So I took them with me to the shower and they were being wild. I didn't know how to parent yet. I didn't right. know how to make them like, oh I didn't know God. how to make them stop like rubbing right. food into the furniture <laughs> or like running around the house. And then one of them fell and got hurt and she was crying. And I just kind of stood there Thanks. I mean, she didn't come to me for comfort yet because I was right. still a stranger. I had no idea what oh to gosh, do. I can't and one of the older moms took her outside and then oh. I literally like sank to the floor and sobbed oh. in the middle of the baby shower. Oh my goodness. Because I just, I was so overwhelmed. And our yeah. oldest started, like she came to live with us on Thursday and started kindergarten on Monday. Wow. And so it was it was just instantaneous. And so it was a huge learning curve. I feel like because we just went from no experience to three. We have pretty strict scheduling okay? because we had to set up a pretty strict schedule and pretty firm like boundaries in our home just to keep the kids from tearing our lives apart. Mm. Um, they were in our, I mean, they are wild, wild kids, super high energy, had lots of issues with like destruction of property in previous homes. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I just remember our social worker telling us, like, you can always ease up later. He was like, give them some structure. And he was like, it better be too much than for it to be too little. Yeah, okay. Um, and so we did. We Because I mean, it took a couple weeks. I didn't realize that three-year-olds could nap, that that would be okay to make them nap. <laughs> and I so I was like, she is awake like, all the time, and I am exhausted. Yeah. And so once a friend of mine told me, she said, you know, if you'd like to make her nap or rest in the afternoons, so you could get a little break. Um, I didn't realize that if I want them to go to bed at 8, I shouldn't let them fall asleep in the car at 530. Or, you know, they'll be up at right. midnight and we'll all be crying in the living right, room. Right. It'll be like a group <laughs> thing. Um, and it was just, it was just a lot of, of trial and error. And we made some, lots of young families in our Sunday school class. So there were several moms there that really helped. Um, one friend in particular had me over for play dates probably twice a week, every oh, week. Oh my word. That just and she taught me, yes, she taught me about afternoon coffee. Like we would get over there at like three o'clock and she said, do you want a cup of coffee? And I said, but it's not morning. <laughs> and she said, you're a mother now. You drink you coffee at any time you want. Exactly. The rules <laughs> with momhood, especially with three, especially yes. with three foster children. Then yeah. you all the day long. <laughs> yes. But I mean, it's here now. It's been what, three and a half years since those days and we're fine. I mean, we're, we're great. We're more than fine. So whenever people look at or like hear our story or look at us and say, Oh, I could never do that. Right. I always go, sure you could. Right. Right. Exactly. Cause if we did it, I feel like anyone could, you just That's do great. it. I mean, they, they get hungry and you feed them. They start to fall apart. You them. get tired. Right. You put them to bed. I mean, you just do it um, until you learn how. That's great. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So you talked about spending time with other young families. Any other sort of practical mm -hmm. advice you have for a brand new, a lot of times I hear from single moms who, or soon to yes. single foster moms who really have a heart to get involved mm -hmm. and don't, haven't been a mother before. So spending time with other parents, what other advice do you have for someone who's brand new to parenting and foster parenting? 
I would say decide what's important to you mm. and let everything else go. So if it's a big deal that your kid is a good eater. And mm. if you, if you're like, my kid will eat everything on their plate, that's great. If that's your thing and you stick with that. Um, if you're like, I don't really care if they eat everything on their plate, that's fine too. If you want, um, your kids to go to sleep without screens on, that's great. I just think there's so many things with parenting, like you can do this or you can do that. But I think the most important thing is choose your priorities. Yeah. Know they can change as your season changes yeah, yeah. and don't stress over things that are not important to you. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes I know we're like very strict about some things that people think, Oh, that's a lot. Then there's other things that I let my kids do. Yeah. That, so my other mom friends maybe wouldn't yeah, it's yeah. just because like, those are things that aren't important to me. Right. And so just pick what, pick what's important and go with that. And it really helps you survive. So you're not sweating every tiny thing. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. I feel like that's been a huge thing for me. I tend to be a scheduler and uh-huh. have routines and methods and I've had to throw that out. Yes. <laughs> I, I was just um, spending time with a brand new, she has three other children, but a brand new adoptive mom the other day. And her child was struggling and I was saying, yes. you know what, for about a year, we let her get away with a lot and we really yes. just helped her exist as a human being. Everything was so difficult for her that to get her to say, yes, mommy, when she was just struggling to hold it together. And yes. what's great is seeing now we are intentionally parenting. There is oh, yeah. so much of a difference in our expectations of her and what we're doing that we just let things go for a while. So yes, completely. I totally have experienced that. And it's we not natural to, for me. <laughs> me too. Cause I'm, I'm, I can be a bit controlling, which doesn't posture hair is breaking. Me that. <laughs> but, will, um, but we used to not be able to, yes, we used to not be able to go anywhere in the evenings. Cause mm. we really had to get that consistent early bedtime for mm. our kids. And I mean, just recently my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, it's almost nine o'clock at night. And we're out with our friends and it's fine because the kids are settled enough now that we can run home. They'll grab a quick shower and go to sleep and it's no big deal. But we used to, it was like, we are leaving every event by 645 because we need however much time to get everyone bathed and all of that. Or we'll regret it. Or we'll yes, or the next day, yes, the next day they will tie us to a chair and our lives will be over. So um, yeah, so it just, it gets easier. Okay. So I know that you're a reader. Any resources that you would recommend to a brand new parent or brand new foster adoptive parent? Oh, that's a great question. Yes. Of course, The Connected Child by Karen Purvis, Mm -hmm. which everyone loves. Um, I also love a book. It's not specifically about parenting trauma kids, but it's still great. It's called Give Them Grace. Oh, best book ever. Have you read Give Them yeah. Grace? You know what? I just saw her speak like two months ago. She came to my oh, church. Oh, I'm jealous. I've listened to her on some podcasts. She is um, very real. She is real and raw. I, at one point she said something and I don't remember what she was talking about, but um, she was like, Jesus covered your sin all of your dirty freaking mess. And, like, <laughs> and she turned, she's like, are you allowed to say freaking in church? And I'm like, I love that she just said that because you're talking the way I talk. And so you're speaking yes. to my heart when you talk that way. 
Yes. I give them grace. I, incredible. I love that one. And then the other one that I love, like the trifecta of parenting books, the connected child, give them grace. Yeah. And then I love raising grateful kids in an entitled mm, world by Kristen Welch. Good one. And I am not one for like nonfiction. Yeah. I read a ton, but I rarely read nonfiction. So okay. uh, my friends have said like, Oh, well, if Emily recommends a book that's nonfiction, you know, she was really, <laughs> cause usually I'm like, I'm not reading that. That's but, yeah. So those are my three favorites. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So another thing I want to talk about, it's, I don't know if you remember this, but it stuck with me. I posted something a while ago about how a friend of mine um, said something about, yes, we struggle with infertility, but no, that's why, that's not why we're getting involved in foster yeah. care and adoption. And you commented something like, people always assume that I yes. have infertility issues. Yes. And that comment hit me because I completely assumed that yeah. about your family. I saw a <laughs> family. You're one of them. <laughs> Can you believe that? I was writing about how you shouldn't assume. And then you like, oh my gosh, that's what I did. But yeah. you are a young family. You hadn't had yes. biological children. Can you... Um, just talk a little bit through how you processed the decision to pursue adoption sure. before or instead of biological children. Yeah, sure. Um, and this is actually something I don't think I've ever written about okay. on my Instagram, just because I sometimes I just want to be real careful how I phrase it because I have lots of friends who struggle with infertility yes. and I would never want to say something that would hurt them yes. or that could be taken in a way that's insensitive. Yep. But um, for our story, we got married in 2009 and we were young, fresh out of college. Um, and we, when we got married, we thought we'd like to wait five years before we tried to have kids because my husband was in seminary. I was in grad school um, about to sit for the CPA exam. And um, so we decided we'd like to wait for five years before we have kids. And then we did a group Bible study the year after we were married with some other couples, um, specifically the women who were in our seminary housing where we lived in married housing. And we read Generous Justice by Tim Keller. Mm. Oh and Lord. as a group, we started just talking about ways mm -hmm. um, that we could personally and as a group seek justice yes. for people right. um, in the society around us. And so like as a group, we started volunteering um, at a shelter for women who'd recently been released from prison and doing childcare for them. So they oh, could cool. sit for their GEDs. Um, I started personally doing um, tutoring at low income apartment complexes after work once a week um, for some kids who are from refugee families. Oh, cool. And, um, and so those are not big things. Like those are small things, but in those small steps, I felt like the Lord just grew um, my love for people who have been oppressed. Mm. And so my husband and I started to really pray about adoption. And we said, you know, one day when we're ready to start a family, that is one thing we would like to do. Um, mm. We kind of assumed we would have biological kids and also adopt. Mm -hmm. But um, so at that point in like 2010, 2011, we actually started saving money for a domestic adoption okay. because we knew like how much legal fees and all of that. Um, so we kind of began that process and then fast forward to um, 2014 and we felt like you know, we're ready to start a family and we just felt like we should pursue adoption first and then add biological kids once we were kind of done adopting okay. partially because 
I was concerned, like I know adopting is a lot of work and I was concerned if I added biological kids, I would give up on it because I'd be Mm. too tired Mm. from having like small children that I wouldn't follow through. Um, and so I worked with a lady, um, I work at a university doing accounting there and I worked with a lady who had been a foster parent for like 11 years and had adopted a set of twins out of foster care. She told me about her agency and we called them and they told us about, um, the huge need for parents of siblings, Mm. um, which I had never heard about before. I didn't know that like 50% of siblings who enter foster care are separated. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And, um, I come from a family with only two kids. So does my husband and my only sibling passed away in 2009. And so I felt like I had experienced what it was like to lose a sibling. Mm -hmm. And so when I learned about these kiddos in the system, losing everything, I, my first thought was they shouldn't have to lose their brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. if it's in their best interest for them to stay together. Mm -hmm. And so we just felt like we were called to adopt siblings from foster care specifically And so the plan was to adopt a set of siblings and then be done and add biological kids. But um, after we adopted them, we felt called to foster. Um, And I was just tickled. And of course, when we said we were going to foster, we said we'd foster one more kid. And then we ended up, you know, our first foster only placement was a set of two, a set of siblings, which I loved. And when they called me, they said they could not find a home for these kids and they were going to be split up. And they said, call Emily. She will never say no to siblings. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, my weakness, but, um, yeah. And I just think, um, it took a long process, obviously five or six years before we got to adoption and then foster care. But, um, I'm so thankful. This Mm. is where the Lord led us. And, um, I'm thankful that I, I feel like this adoption and foster care is his best for us. Like I can't imagine a life that's better than this. I love Um, it. It's just, I, um, I adore my kids and it's not Mm. easy to be adopted. I mean, I'm not adopted, but just from what my kids and I've talked about, you know, it's not easy to be adopted, especially when you're older. Mm. Um, And I love that. Like I hold their little faces in my hands and I tell them like, I want what God has given me. And that is you. Hmm. I'm sure every parent feels that way about their kids. It's just that, you know, you are a gift to me from the Lord, regardless of, you know, if you came from my body or if you came through a stack Hmm. paperwork. Um, And so, yeah, I'm so thankful that this is where our journey ended up. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think motherhood and family is just a miracle, but when you see how, it sort of happens for everyone else. You can sort of take that miracle for granted. So yeah. this is just how it happens. And but I think the miracle of adoption can just have a unique seeing. Like God not only planned for this family to be together, but went to such great lengths um, mm-hmm. to do this, and really celebrating His sovereign hand, even yes. as we grieve loss, brokenness, and how sin destroys things. It's just such an acknowledgement of how God is sovereign and good. I totally agree. Yeah. My, my middle one, who's about to be seven, she has, I have this birthmark on the back of my head and she has the same one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I've told her, I said, like, when God puts you together in your first mommy's mm. tummy, like he had a plan for your life to be restored. Hmm. And we talk about, you know, how sin causes brokenness in our world and that's why innocent people will get hurt. Mm. But like God doesn't leave us in that, you know, Mm. he has rescued us and, and he has a plan for us. 
I'm interrupting my chat to make sure that you know about the Real Mom Podcast landing page. You can find it at www.fostertheFamilyBlog.com slash realmompodcast. There you'll find links to all the resources we talk about, any books or fun things we discuss, recipes. That will be the best place for you to get the full Real Mom Podcast experience. You always have a perspective that's so Christ-centered, and I love that. Um, I think besides just the beauty of playing a part in rescuing children and just playing a part in that, just to play a part in really gospel work. God is about restoring people to himself. God is about healing things that are broken. And foster care is just such a beautiful picture of that. And I love you. You always draw attention to that. And I think it's really God honoring. It's inspiring to people. Thank you. Really just worships the savior. So. Oh, thank you. All right. So you talked a little bit about the two foster children you had in your home recently. So Mm -hmm. am I right in thinking you had your three children who you adopted and then these foster children and that's been your... That's been it. Okay. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about life as a foster parent and then what you just went through, what I just went through of reunification and transition and all that. Yes. Um, So yeah, once we decided, after we adopted the kiddos, we took a year off um, to let them adjust and settle. And then we decided um, that we wanted to keep fostering. And how did they feel about that? um, They were excited about it. Oh, good. Um, In the beginning, they said, you know, there's been a lot of conversations about why some kids can go back to their first family and other kids can't. It's very complicated. Yeah. And so, you know, they went into it at first saying, well, if we're going to have other kids, we want to keep them is what Mm. they'd say. And so we had to talk a lot about like what foster care means and Mm. all of that. Um, But they were open to it and excited. And then they have handled this reunification unbelievably well so far. But um, yeah, so after the home we were living in when we adopted our three kiddos um, was fairly small. And so we really didn't have room square footage wise to continue to foster. And so we had been looking for a house during our year off. We've been looking for a larger home um, so we could um, bring in more children and couldn't find one. And so we actually in, ended up in April of 2017, moving into a home that we had built um, with a floor plan set up for foster care, oh my <laughs> like gosh. the way the bedrooms are set up, you yeah. know, um, to, to maximize the number of children we can care for. <laughs> um, and so we built it and moved in in April of 2017. And then within a month, um, we had all of our home study updated and all of our plugs were all covered mm-hmm. um, and all of that stuff. And um, so, you know, we told our agency we'd be accepting placements and the, the first placement we had was um, a little four-year-old girl and her two-year-old brother. And we affectionately referred to them as sister and brother bear on social media, but um, partially because brother bear's real name sounds very similar to the word bear. So it felt pretty close, okay. but, um, but so yeah, so they came to live with us in May, May 22nd. And we were told it would be a short placement. They just oh, needed really? somewhere. Yeah, it was like an intermittent thing. They were supposed to be moved to live with a relative. 
Oh, I've had and those so before. 13 months. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. It's like, oh, when is the relative going to show up again? Right, right. But um, so it's supposed to be a short-term placement. It ended up being eight months. Okay. Um, because just shortly into our placement, their dad um, was able to come back into their life oh, and wow. get a case plan and start working it um, and made a tremendous progress. Oh. And um when dad showed back up, the relative was no longer interested in the placement. Okay. Um, and so they stayed with us until their dad was ready to get okay. them back full time. And so they reunified like nine days ago. Mm -hmm. um, they were, they had court and they, we were able to um, go meet up with their dad and, and send them home, home with so him. Was it surprising to you at court or was it something you were expecting? No, we were, it was surprising, um, only because we didn't even know they had court except like a day and a half before we got a call from their lawyer saying, I talked to the kids on speaker because we have court in 36 hours. Okay. I was like, hey, thanks Good for the heads <laughs> Every bad thing you hear about foster care is true, but people yeah. don't talk about the good things enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, court kind of blindsided us. The court was there, and then we had just been told that there would be a transition plan for the kids because they'd never had an unsupervised visit. Okay. Um, and so we were told they would transition home, but um, then court came and went, and that didn't – it was just – court was on Thursday and they said, you know, we'll be there Saturday morning. Oh, wow. Um, so it was sad cause like our last Sunday at church, I didn't know it was our last mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the week of sister bear's birthday. She turned five on Wednesday. It's unfortunately mm -hmm. we'd already had her party, but like we got her a purse and like her doll, a matching purse for her to carry to church and she never got to use it. Oh. Um, we got her a gymnastics uniform. She goes gymnastics on Tuesdays mm. that she never got to use. But mm. um, so we sent it home with her, you know, we, we told her like, you can ask your daddy, maybe you can go to give gymnastics um, at your home. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of, it was bittersweet. Yeah. So I get asked this a lot. What was your conversation um, with your biological kids and uh -huh. also with the foster kids like on that Friday morning? Sure. So, um, so the whole time we had our foster kids, um, our three forevers, they knew it was temporary. Yeah. We would keep all of them updated on how her dad was doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, whenever we, we would talk to some other relatives on FaceTime and then we sent her dad a lot of pictures and updates. And so whenever we did, we would tell him like, we're messaging her daddy, um, or Hey sweetie, we're gonna take this picture. We're going to send it to your dad right now. Um, and so we were, they were, I mean, there were no secrets in our house during yeah. that eight months. Yeah. Um, we gave them as much information as was age appropriate. Okay. Um, and we talked a lot about feelings and, um, how like we were really hoping her daddy would get better so they mm. could go live there. Mm -hmm. Um, and how sad we'd be when they left. So we had lots of mm -hmm. conversations. So when we told them kind of like, you know, it's going to be sooner than we thought, but that's okay. Cause that means her daddy is all better now. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, I wasn't sure if they got it because the goodbye itself was just really, really sad for everyone mm -hmm. involved, the kids, um, and our forever kids and us, mm -hmm. um, much sadder than I expected it to be mm -hmm. because I kind of expected, um, I mean, sister bear really loves her family and she missed them terribly when she was with us which is how it's supposed to be. Hmm. Um, and so I kind of prepared myself to have my feelings hurt a little bit um, <laughs> by how happy she was to go home. Like, oh, hmm. see you later. Thanks for the eight months. Right. Um, 
and that didn't happen. Um, she was very, very sad mm. to leave. Um, and it just made it, it made it hard to say mm. goodbye. I'm sure. Um, yeah, like, um, peeling her off of my husband's legs. Oh, so, um, even though she was completely wanting to go home, right, it was right. just the actual like fight or flight in the moment of right. what's familiar. Um, and so I was worried that the goodbye was hard, how our, our forevers would handle that. Cause I know it personally, it made it harder for me. Mm. Um, but my, my middle one, she actually came home with a picture from school. They'd had an assignment, um, write something you like about yourself. She drew a little stick figure of a girl and wrote, I like that even when I cry, I still feel so happy. Oh my God. When I asked her, I said, what does this picture mean? And she said, well, she said, it's because she said, sometimes I just cry because I'm, I miss sister and brother bear. Mm. She goes, but at the same time, even when I'm crying, I'm just happy they get oh to be God. with their dad. I and so I thought, that. Hey, you understand how this is supposed yes. to work. Yeah. Um, so they've shown a lot of maturity and I felt like really reinforced in me and my husband's head, like, Hey, this is what the Lord has called our family to. Mm. Like he has called us to the, all five of us to this ministry. Mm. Um, and that he will, he'll equip us for it and that he'll see us through it. I love that. That's, so. that is such just a kindness of God <laughs> to just be merciful like that. And I've seen that. Did you say your middle daughter? Cause my daughter yes. is nine. So we have our, yes. our similar ages, but yeah, I love hearing her be able to articulate what I always say is all the feelings at all once. the feelings. So, so she'll just in one sentence say, I'm so happy, but I'm so sad. I want him to say, but I want him to leave. I you know, and yes. I think that a big part of it is what you just said of, you talked about it all along. So oh, yeah. when I get that question, I often think, yeah, that conversation doesn't happen the day before it happens day one with as much yes. as you can sharing timelines and certainly all along sharing compassion for yes. the birth family and yes. just giving the whole picture of it. Not just, oh, they're yes. happy and healthy in our home, but here's the whole picture of this. It's, it's not as broken. simple as that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's been a, it's been a good conversation opener too with our big three to talk through some of their past. I'm sure. Um, and you know, families that get better and families that don't mm. and, and how that's different and what it looks like and kind of what it means. Mm. Um, so it's been a really good conversation starter for, especially with our youngest who has no memory. And he okay. was 16 month, so he has no memory. I mean, he's like, I'm adopted. Right. But um, he told me the other day, he goes, I thought I was adopted and I still grew in your tummy. And oh. I was like, oh, no, honey, that's not how it works. Oh, it's, you know, he was so, so it's just been good to have yeah. honest conversations with them about topics that can be kind of taboo. Yeah. Okay. So the other question I'm getting a lot now uh, which I answered it because we have an, another child in the home, but yes. is, will you take a break? Is that something that you think is going to be um, helpful to you and your family? Or mm -hmm. are you more my style where you try to get a child in that night? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think we're going to wait until after spring break is the okay. plan. So give ourselves, you know, about five or six weeks. We had, um, they moved so fast that our social worker didn't get a chance to do like her, her final visit. Okay. And so she came, they left on a Saturday and she came the following Monday. And I told her when she said she would be coming, I said, do not bring a child with you when you come. <laughs> and she said, I wouldn't do that. I said, yes, you would. Yeah. She said, yes, I would. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're going to take and mainly, um, throughout this placement, um, 
once like I, once the new placement adrenaline wore off with um sister and brother beer we were just so tired mm. um i mean by the end i felt like we were adjusted to having five kids mm. and we were thriving but oh my gosh um, you must feel now like oh this is i feel amazing. like i have nothing to do know, like, so like, funny? yes today is my day off from work so like i have bubba our youngest home with me and he and i made enchiladas for like an hour and a half so i'm like what else are we gonna do with our free time <laughs> but um so yeah it feels like it feels like i have zero kids because even my three are pretty big now right but um but yeah and also my husband and I want to take a trip to Chicago and see Hamilton and so we said yeah so we said during like when we had our foster kiddos we said like you know when they when they go home or when they move to an adoptive home yeah we're gonna um take a little break and go to vacation just that'll be our little reward just the two of us (laughs) that's great so I was telling some of my friends we need to book these tickets before spring break so I want to start taking placements after that yeah oh great (laughs) okay so that leads me to my next little what you're doing what you're eating what you're watching what you're reading and what you're listening to Fun. Hamilton was a good segue to that. So that's what I'm listening to. That was what was on my list. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that is understandable. I listen to Hamilton all the time. I I also, (laughs) yes, I also, I've, um, have never been on top of like what's popular. Okay. Um, so I am many years behind on Hamilton. <laughs> I didn't start listening to it till this summer. And so then, um, you know, I'm telling my husband, I'm like, have you heard this? Or my friends I'm like, this is and like Emily, everyone was listening to that in 2015. And I'm like, well, I'm just now discovering it. It's That's wonderful. Funny. That's great. But, um, yeah, so I'm behind, but I became a Hamilton person this summer. Okay. <laughs> so you're listening to Hamilton. What are you doing? I am doing lots of reading and I know that's probably a double dipper. That's but, right. Double um, dip. I know you're a reader. Oh, I actually I love to read. I'm a crazy reader too, but I've become, I think more of a writer and ah, momhood has owned yes. me. So I'm left by nature. I'm a reader, but I know yes. number wise, tell me your numbers. Yeah for this year. Okay. So, so last year I decided I was really going to buckle down with the reading and my goal was 75 books. I ended up reading 84. Wow. And then this year I set my goal at 50 books. So like, I don't want to stress myself out too much. I don't know what the year holds, but I'm already on my 10th one. You're going to smash the that. First week. So like, maybe we'll just go for a hundred and call it good. That's great. All right. So give but, me, give me the highlights from last year. Yeah. What were okay. Your- so my two favorites last year, I read one early on in the year called Station Eleven by okay. Emily St. John Mandel. It's a dystopian novel about the before, during, and after um, a worldwide pandemic knocks out like 99% of the world's population. Okay. okay. Um, and it is excellent. I love a good dystopian novel and it was great. Very engaging. And then my other favorite one of the year is called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine. Okay. And it's by Gail Honeyman. And it's, you know how quirky novels are really okay. in? Yes. It's a quirky novel, but it is by far the best one I ever read. Um, and it's told from the perspective of a woman who, as a child, spent some time in foster care. Oh, really? So, yeah. Realize going into it, but it is. Um, and so it's, it is both hilarious and heartbreaking. Um, and I kept wanting to read parts of it out loud to my husband. And I would be reading the book and I would stop and like hug the book against my chest and sigh <laughs> because I was, I was like, I'm so happy right now. This book is so I good. I feel like we are soulmates, actually. <laughs> I know. So many times when you post things, I'm like, oh, no, I don't have to write that because Jamie wrote it and she did better than I could. 
But I just think that, that I think exactly what she said. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> all right. That but, one's definitely going on my list. I'm all about it. It's so good. So. Okay. Yes. All right. So what are you eating? Okay. They have these Dunkin'. I am not healthy. This okay, is probably what we should get out of. I mean, we try to eat like healthy balanced meals and my kids are super healthy, oh, good. but that's because I don't want them to turn into me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I make them eat all kinds of healthy things because I want them to be better than I am. But so right now my favorite thing to eat is they have these Duncan Himes perfect for one size mixes that go oh, in a I mug. I know. Oh my word. The brownie one. Yeah. It is all, all my loves of my life. Well, because um, what that is, is like when the kids go to bed and you want yes. something, but you know, if yes. you take a whole tray of the brownies, you're probably going to eat half of them. <laughs> so and then they'll like, see it in the morning exactly. and say, why do you have that? And then it's mm-hmm. a whole thing. Yeah. So these are yes. like a mom's saving grace. They're, they're like my favorite nap time or bedtime snack with a glass of milk. Yeah. Oh, I, nice. I absolutely love them so much. They're delicious. And a lot of things that are like perfect for one, I'm like, this is not enough. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but these I'll actually are. Yeah. These actually are. They make a yeah. nice big mug of brownie yeah. in there. Yeah. You know what I do just to add like 25 grams of fat is take a big um, spoonful of peanut butter. And plop it in the middle Ooh, of it. <laughs> I need to try that next time. Um, so good. I have one in my pantry. I'll probably eat it when we hang up. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I'm going to go find something. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. What are you watching? Um. Well, like the rest of America, I'm watching This Is Us. Oh and God. I'm having many feelings about um, it. <laughs> I know. Okay. So I realized that everyone's talking about Jack's death. And okay, that was sad and it was. Yes, but can we, can we spoiler, spoiler, spoiler test? Yeah, that was that moment feelings. for me. I mean, I can't even explain. I just sat there like, oh, Jack died. This is. And then yes. when they showed her in there, and I was like, yes. oh, no, this little foster child's going to a different yes. family. And then he, she says, my dad. I was yes. like, literally, like, <laughs> out loud. Yes. Yes. I was, yes, I was doing the audible gasping. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So, like, we don't have cable. Okay. So, I couldn't, so I couldn't watch. I watched it on Hulu, like, the day after. Yeah, we did too. And so, Today, shamelessly, I w- I'm home with my youngest on Tuesday and Thursdays, and then my middle one is actually six, so she's over there in the bedroom. But um, and so I shamelessly said, "Would you like to watch two episodes of Leapfrog?" <laughs> Turned it on, and then went to my bedroom and watched "This Is Us" on the iPad. Oh, and when that, that happened, I went, oh! and I hear his voice from the living room going, "Are you okay, Mama?" <laughs> No, I am not okay. She becomes. I will never be okay again. This is my dream for the three of you. That's what. Yeah, my husband um, looked at me. He's like, "That's exactly what you want for our kids, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah." Oh my word. Oh, that was too much. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got our thus moment in then. All right. Oh, so good. Tell me, Miss Reader, what you're reading right now. Yes. So I'm currently literally reading "Little Fires Everywhere" by Celeste Ng. Okay. which has oh, really like great. Re- yes. I've never read anything by one. her. Yes. But she's apparently great in my library. Just, I like basically I buy books sometimes, but I do mainly um, library. Okay. Like our library website has a thing where it keeps track of how much money you saved if you would have paid sticker price for the books. Oh, I love and it. last year it was like $2,400. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I'm currently reading Celeste Ng and I'm also reading through um, the Dublin Murder Squad series by okay. Tana French, 
So it's a five book series and I've read the first three and I've got the fourth one on hold at my library, but I started those in January. Okay. So I've read all three January. of them this year. Oh my gosh. I'm on, yeah, Little Fires Everywhere is book number 10. So, you know, we're just, we're reading up the store, <laughs> but um, it's a really good series, but um, the books stand alone. So you don't have to read the whole series. Okay. And number two, which is called The Likeness is a phenomenal psychological thriller. Mm. So if you like psychological thrillers, um, it's probably one of the best ones I've ever read. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'm actually so. going to get the information for these books later and put them on yeah. the landing page so that people can follow along with Emily's reading list if they want to. I love it. I would say they can, they can follow me on, on Goodreads and you see know what? my you opinions should about books. Start. I actually have I have one Twitter account. I'm not on Twitter at all as much Me as either. a media person, but I have a Twitter account, Jamie C. Reads, that I started Ooh. a couple years ago because I was the same way and I was, I was reading, you know, a book or two a week. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm like always in five or so books. So I always have like a nonfiction and yeah. deep theological and then like a more light theological and then a heavy fiction and a light fiction. And so I was just, it was an obsession. I don't have enough time for my obsession right now, but I definitely, That's I know. And I, and I like a joke between me and my husband, I read really, really fast. Um, so it's always a joke. We'll look at each other and say, you know, well, I'm a really fast reader, but I've considered starting a second Instagram Do just it. for like books. Do Cause it. you know, people on my Instagram are like about like foster care adoption. Exactly. They don't care about books. No, they don't right. care what I'm reading. So I've considered starting a second one, but I'm also like, this is why I don't write more. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I want to do the time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just takes a lot of time. So I'm like, I don't know, but we'll see. Maybe. Oh, that would be fun. All right. So speaking of social media, tell everyone yes. where we can find you. Okay. So I'm at Instagram at M faith, E M F A I T H. Um, and that's it. Okay. Well, and like I, I don't said, have anything else. No, you are my favorite Instagram account. So, oh, that's yeah, the nicest that's, thing anyone's ever said to me. You really are my favorite. So, definitely go and follow Emily. Emily, I am so grateful that you were willing to take the time to talk with me. I had fun chatting, but also just share your perspective and your wisdom with um, everyone who's listening. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This was so exciting. It was. It was Loved fun. doing it. Oh, and it's good. good to like talk to you while seeing your face. Yeah. Like be people and not just yes. like Instagram at each yes. other. <laughs> I know whenever I hear anyone's voice who I've only followed on Instagram, I'm like, this is very strange. Yeah. You're a whole person. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Emily. You bet. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Real Mom Podcast. You can follow us online, www.fosterthefamilyblog.com slash realmompodcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash realmompodcast, or on Instagram at at realmompodcast. Thanks for listening.